Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello and welcome back to the Food Therapy Podcast. Today we have Jenna Stern, who is a non-diet personal trainer, nutritional guide, and indoor cycling instructor in the city of Philadelphia, where I'm at. Through her coaching, she helps women ditch the black and white diet mentality and guides them towards a much more balanced, realistic, and sustainable lifestyle instead. So welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. So we're going to be chatting all the things, um, mm-hmm. but tell everybody, how'd you get here to start off with? Ooh, so <laughs> journey was not, <laughs> okay, coming in hot. Uh, journey was definitely, <laughs> journey was not linear, um, but just to keep it as short and sweet, Personally, I had my own struggles with my weight, with my body, with my health, just kind of finding my footing. Um, I discovered indoor cycling. Indoor cycling was more so like my, uh, I guess, gateway drug into fitness because it really just gave me something that I felt comfortable doing. I was on my own bike. It was a dark room. I didn't have anybody kind of looking at me. Um, So when I was in college, I got certified. And at the time, this was like 2010 and group fitness was just on the up and up. Um, so then I got into fitness in Philly, kind of made my way through there. But then behind the scenes, I was also still struggling with my weight. I had lost a significant amount of weight when I got to college. Um, I was engaging in some disordered behaviors, but at the time I didn't recognize that those things were not so great. Um, But then it really got heightened when I became an instructor full-time. I was working several jobs in fitness um, and I recognized that I was doing some things and engaging in things because I was just exhausted and tired. And even though I looked great, I felt horrible. Um, So journey kind of went up and down. Um, and then basically I discovered intuitive eating right before COVID. Um, and then that really opened up my eyes. Um, but just to kind of also backpedal right before COVID as well, I became a personal trainer. So as I was kind of coming up in cycling, I would say between like 2014 to 2018, I became a certified nutritional guide. I became a certified personal trainer. Um, and then I was kind of bouncing around. I was also working for Athleta and then COVID hit and all of that kind of crashed down around me. And I recognized that what I was doing, how I was caring for myself, uh, the burnout that I was feeling wasn't normal. And that really propelled me to just explore other avenues. And then I found intuitive eating. I found you (laughs) at first is low in lemons. I started to recognize that, whoa, there's this whole community of people that are really healthy 
and are living their lives every day and aren't counting points and aren't struggling with their weight all the time. And weight isn't the whole conversation. Uh, and it blew my mind because I had really only been experiencing and, and engaging in diet culture probably up until I would say 2020, 2021. Like I really didn't even, I started to see intuitive eating, but I really didn't even know that there was this whole other world and it changed my life. And then basically from COVID to now, I have been full force, like food freedom, non-diet and guiding my clients with both nutrition and fitness in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to put 10 years into two minutes, but um, I think, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs. It's been a wild ride getting to where I'm at right now, but we've talked about this in the past. I feel like I'm very grateful for those experiences because now I know, now I can recognize all of those things. And it's made me a much better coach because I'm much more able to kind of spot and recognize when my clients are engaging in a lot of the things that I was doing. Yeah. It's like, and it's recognizing it, but it's also having your own lived experience where you can really relate to them on a deeper level. And like, we feel the same way too. Like, you know, Laura and I have been really candid. We both had disordered eating, possibly eating disorders mm-hmm. undiagnosed, mm-hmm. and it allows you to see things in such a different way. I also feel like the exercise community can be somewhat toxic when it comes to diet culture. Oh, yes. I will never forget. I was at my smallest weight in college. Mm-hmm. And at this point I was no longer menstruating. I was like, my bones were, you know, I was osteopenic. I, my heart rate was low and my doctor kind of scared the crap out of me. was like, you really need to put weight on because you're too thin for your body size. And if somebody had looked at me, it wasn't like I fit this like emaciated, you know, look like for me, I looked quote, normal, but for my body, I wasn't. And I will never forget, I was in college. I went to this young personal trainer and he was like, yeah, like you could lose, you know, X amount of pounds. Um, and, and I was like, from your doctor that was like, we actually need to put weight on. Right. But I said to him, I'm not trying to lose weight. Yeah. I was like, I've actually been instructed to gain weight, but Luckily, I was already in the headspace where I was acknowledging that I was not doing my health a favor. But imagine how triggering that could be for someone who is like deep in an eating disorder or disorder eating and their personal trainer is like, hey, you need to lose more weight. And it happens really often. Yeah. And it still does. I mean, I engage with a lot of different people that are just reaching out to me to even just chat about my services. And right. what a lot of people are very surprised about is when I don't ask them their weight. I don't ask them. Uh, that's not even something that I even engage in with their, when they receive their intake form from me. Um, because it's not, it shouldn't just be the forefront. And as I've learned this, there's so many other facets to our health that really have nothing to do with our weight. So I find that, you know, it's, it's really funny that a lot of trainers, it's like, that's their first thing is like, Oh, so you want to lose weight. And that's not always the reason why people are coming to us. Cause at the core of what personal training is, it's strengthening. It's supposed to be focusing on improving how your body feels and moves and functions day to day 
it's not always about getting smaller. Right. And um, I think that's, you know, again, when you were in college, it's, it's, this is why these conversations are so important because those are the kinds of conversations that need to stop being so normalized. The, the things that we're kind of pointing out now is really how trainers should be handling things. Um, so it's exciting to be a part of this. I would say it is a little bit of a new wave for people to express that because I've even noticed, um, even in the Philadelphia community, since I've started to be a little bit more vocal about that nine diet space, I've seen other trainers kind of pick that up as well. Some trainers that weren't really ever talking about that are now also becoming much more vocal about being like, Hey, we don't have to be killing ourselves. We don't have to be so weight focused. You can still come to me and train with me, but it doesn't always have to be about your weight. And I've seen that shift in in our community slightly. And I think that's really amazing to see it actually happening in real time. Yeah. I like, I chose the trainer that I work out with now because she is not so focused on yeah. weight. And, you know, it was important for me to focus on strength. And um, I think the more, hopefully the more trainers see there is a need of not wanting it to revolve around weight, that mm-hmm. they will feel a little bit more open to not just catering to like the weight loss population. Because I think a lot of trainers market the way that they think that people want to work out. Like same with like, you know, a lot of nutritionists, it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of people do weight loss because they think there's a big need and there is, but (laughs) yeah. And I think that a big part of that too, is that weight loss has just been prescribed as such a solution to everything so that everyone just assumes that that's right. what supposed to do. And it's like, Hey, you can prioritize your health and have other goals. Like crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so with all this being said, like, did you get into fitness? Cause I know Brittany and I talk about a lot, like we got into nutrition because of our own disordered habits originally obviously we've healed that but did you originally get into fitness for disordered reasons would you say <laughs> um i think i i would say i would say yes and no yeah. because i think that when i started and again this is going back so far i'm going to be a little bit candid here but i struggled with my weight for a very long time and i also when I, right before I went to college, I got a breast reduction. And that was also something that in terms of like my body image and my weight and my size really had an effect because here I was carrying a lot of weight up up top that also limited my movement. So when I got to college and nobody knew me as the girl with the big boobs, you know, and I was also able to have access to the gym and go all the time. Like, and I changed my body. I was excited. It it really, at first I became, I, I first got a cycling. I got my instructor certification to teach cycling truthfully because I loved it. And it had changed my life and I felt free and I could move and it just felt good to me at that time. And then when I got a job at a studio and I saw that there were people that were also nutrition, like helping clients with nutrition on the side, or, you know, that they were personal trainers, they would teach class and then go be with a client. Then I started to see like, there was this whole other lifestyle out there. 
And then when I became, when I got my nutrition certification, again, it was about education. I was like, okay, I actually want to learn now because before I was just kind of engaging and, and doing these things because I liked it. And I was seeing the effects of what these foods were doing and how the portion control and all those things, but I actually wanted to legitimize it. But then the more I got into it, that's when it started to take a turn. And I was like, now I'm kind of just using my job as a blanket. Now I'm just kind of, then it became like, once I was a trainer, I had access to so many studios. Mm-hmm. And when I was working at Athleta, I had a lot of access where I could go and take three classes a day if I wanted. Mm-hmm. So that I would say for me, the the fitness for me became way more of an obsession. It also became a little bit of a competition. I started to be like, oh, well, if I can, you know, teach one, take one. That was like a big thing was if I'm teaching a cycling class and I'm going to take one, I'm going to double up. That's just what I did. Mm -hmm. That's when I started to recognize like, okay, but I'm taking doubles, if not triples, you know, it's like I would take two cycling classes and then, oh, but it's just a hot yoga sculpt in the evenings. That's a lot. Right. It's a lot of exercise. And then on, and then behind that, I'm perfectly portioning my meals. Mm -hmm. Everything is in my little plastic containers. So that's when things started, I think, to get, like, take that turn. Originally, I would say it was just like, it wasn't the only reason. Mm -hmm. I started to see the results from what I was doing. And then I was like, oh, well, if I can just like make this my career, why not? Yeah. The red flags of like, wait, you might have a problem. This might be affecting you negatively did come a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of similar how it was for me in nutrition too. Like, I'm like, do you genuinely love this? Yeah. I was like, this is fun. This is cool. And then I was like, wait, but now it's not. And now I don't feel good. And then a lot of other things started to kind of spiral out of control because of that. Right. It's like something that I loved so much just became too obsessive. Um, So at what point did you make the transition? And like, because I I mean, obviously there's a whole journey, right? You're just calling yourself a personal trainer. At what point did you start saying, all right, I'm going to define myself as a body neutral trainer. And what does that even mean? Yeah. It was when I created my group coaching program, TGA. I really started to resonate with the non-diet community in general. And then through the non-diet community, I started to recognize that just these other terms that I had never heard before. And again, being in the space that I'm in, that we're all in, you know, I have struggled with my body. I have struggled to feel confident to like who I am simply because what we're exposed to all the time. And I am closer to or I would consider myself also as well, like curvy midsize. Like I also had to come to terms with the fact that I was never going to look like a personal trainer or somebody that you would see in the magazine. I'm five, four, like that's number one. I'm five, four. I'm short. Like I just am like curves. That's just who I am. And it took me a very long time to get there. But I think that again, when I started to really dive headfirst into intuitive eating, recognize all of the things that I was doing, that's when I started to see also the levels that you could have in terms of how you look at your body. I knew no matter what, I wanted to move away from, you know, hating myself. And I identified so much so with body neutrality because it took weight out of the equation for me. 
And that's really what body neutrality, I think, is more so focused on is you're you're not going to love yourself all of the time, but you're also allowed to have days where you do like yourself. And you're also going to have days that are really hard, but that also doesn't mean that you have to hate yourself or abuse or punish your body. But when it comes to, you know, being a body neutral trainer, like my main focus is helping people just improve their overall relationship with exercise, make, make them feel more comfortable with it, create sustainable strategies that they can actually implement that feels good to them because we know that the body is meant to move. And when you are moving your body consistently, like other things just feel better, work better. And that's kind of the goal when it comes to become, when it comes to being body neutral, it's I'm taking on clients simply for what I can help them improve physically, but not focusing so much on the numbers. Mm -hmm. It's more so on a feeling as opposed to weight or aesthetics. Yeah. And I also feel like when there's such a a feeling of like empowerment and accomplishment when you push yourself or in a, in a good way. Like I don't exactly. mean you push yourself in like a, a really uncomfortable, like this doesn't feel good way, but in a way where it's like all of a sudden, like you're able to take on, you know, five more pounds and yeah, you yes. see like an extra push up. Right. And so setting goals that are built around strength and energy levels and mm-hmm. feeling good versus as you said, like the numbers that you see. Right making it like too competitive. Exactly. It's not always about, it's just taking, I think just to keep it simple for me, it really is about taking weight out of the equation and then just making sure that are my clients moving better? We focus so much more on like functionality because at the end of the day, a lot of the things that I'm working with, uh, working with people on is just what can we kind of mimic that we're doing in the gym? So that way you feel better uh, outside of the gym. I work with a lot of moms specifically. I have a client, she runs a flower. Uh, she's uh, a florist and, you know, she's bending over and picking up flowers and picking up boxes and doing all of these things. Then on top of that, she has two young kids, boys, you know? So it's like, now she's like, Whoa, I'm starting to feel more comfortable when I'm like reaching for things and I'm keeping up with my kids a little bit more. And, and those are the kinds of things that I want to prioritize. And I also have, you know, I work with younger women and younger clients as well. And they notice those things. It's, it's like, I can get up the stairs to my office better. You know, I'm, I'm bending over and my back doesn't hurt when I'm hinging. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. And like, even this morning I had a client and it's, it's so exciting to see them increase weight when it comes to deadlifting or, you know, Lauren, I, I worked with her a little bit. And it's, those are the things that as a trainer, I like focusing on more. And what's really interesting too, is when we take, or I I never want to say like completely taking the numbers completely out of the equation. Cause again, we all have different goals, different needs, but when it's not like at the forefront, it's kind of funny what happens when like my clients weights just like naturally change when their bodies are, you know, if you are moving your body a couple days a week and you are consistently eating, your body's kind of just gonna put muscle on. It's, it's just going to continue to change, but now it feels so much more natural because you're not like doing a six week challenge, right? We're and- not putting a stop and start date on this journey and saying, Hey, in six weeks, you're going to have a six pack. Mm-hmm. It's in six weeks, you are going to be able to pick up a barbell. 
Yeah. You are going to be able to do this instead. And then from six weeks later and another six weeks, look what you're going to be able to do. And that I think is a huge mental shift. And I see how much better my clients do when they don't feel like everything is again about solely what their body looks like, but it's about what their body can achieve. Right. And also like the idea of like nourishing your body. And, you know, I I feel like in general, there's this expectation of like, well, if you want to look a certain way, you know, you need to eat less and move more. But when you're moving your body more and you're not getting adequate nourishment, you're really putting your body at a disservice, like both from like a working out perspective. But, you know, for example, like if your body is not getting adequate carbohydrates and you're like working out a bunch, mm-hmm. you're going to be depleting your own protein stores. So it's so important. Yeah. It's really important to make sure that you're like nourishing your body and like feel so much better. Like, you know, yeah. So the carb conversation, it's one of the toughest conversations that I have is when I do work with clients one-on-one with their nutrition here and there, or, you know, it's like I work with a lot of clients in the morning and nobody wants to eat breakfast, right? Nobody wants to, it's like telling them to have half a banana is scary. And, but once we kind of get over that hump and I'm, you know, like gentle push, like, just try it. Like, just, just see, just see how you feel when, you know, you have half a banana and and a scrambled egg, or you pour a cup of uh, a a scoop of protein into your coffee, because I have a lot of clients, you know, that they're like, well, I just drank my coffee in the morning. So my whole, like my segue is like, okay, well, let's put a scoop of protein in it and then have have a half a banana with that to give you something. Because it's, it's wild to me how little we, we really understand that, that whole thing of that magic, magic thing of, of eating less and moving more. But when you are trying to change your body, and this is, again, is such a, a little bit of a nuanced conversation because a lot of us, and especially with women, uh, we love cardio and we, you know, cardio is kind of like, we were dripping in sweat and we think that that's going to equal body change. Like I even had somebody on, uh, reach out to me on Instagram. I had posted a, a picture of me after a spin class and she goes, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to run 10 more miles to get your, to get my legs to look like yours. And I had to go, okay, one, like if you move the same way that I move, we're never going to look the same, but also these legs are not from cycling, right? These legs are from weightlifting and strength training and fueling my body before and after. And I think that that's such a big misconception that women have is that we need to eat so little and we're just going to push our ourselves with cardio and then we're going to get like ripped and lean. Right. And the opposite. Your body starts to break down and it's like you just kind it's of awesome. look very soft, but you're small. Right. That's the thing. We, we get to this point where it's like, you know, you're a very small person, but nothing is strong. And I I do want to create some caveat because there are people who are going to be listening to this, who are not going to be conventionally small if they are doing, you know, three hours. Right. Right. So 
we want to create some nuance there because, you know, there are people who kill themselves in the gym and work out three hours a week. And someone might look at them and say, like, you don't go to the gym. Like, you don't right. do anything. Yeah. It always plays a part into things as well. And and again, I appreciate you saying that. But I'm just saying, like, when we are generalizing and a lot of the clients that I know that we're working with are, are engaging in those things. And it's it's just like we're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So if someone is coming from that disordered place, right? Maybe they've had disordered eating, maybe they've had disordered relationship with exercise. Where do you recommend they start? Are they like, there's probably some fear of ditching like that cardio we're talking about, right? Like, where do you recommend they start? Do you have any clients that are like, I don't want to ditch my cardio. And you're like, well, we got to do the weight training if you're wanting to be strong, you know, like where do you start with all that? I think again, it always depends. And I'm, I try to be as careful as I can because I never want to take something that people are used to completely away. So I'm very much the one again, that's about the gray is how can we kind of meet in the middle? So we do have to take into consideration goals. And I do have to, to express like as a personal trainer, like what my, my professional opinion is that if we are looking to change our body, put muscle on, there is going to have to be a reduction somewhere. Uh, something that I've also been really enjoying sharing with clients is I came up with this thing with a little method called the three, two, one method, where it's three days a week of movement, especially for somebody that really likes routine. And that really likes to stick to something. It's three days a week of movement, two days a week of those being some form of resistance or strength training one day a week of cardio. So again, they still feel like they're getting a cardio day, but then we're also prioritizing strength training. And then if they are someone that wants to incorporate more, then we will talk through that. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the intensity as well. If you want to get cardio in other forms and other ways, we can incorporate that. It's just, we don't need to be doing soul cycle flywheel or, you know, running 16 miles every single day. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, at least for a lot of my clients too, even when it's like something like the scale, there's going to be people that need to do it cold Turkey. And then there's Mm -hmm. people that are like, Lauren, I need to just reduce it. Right. Like I have a client right now who's like, there's no way I'm going to be successful. If I just throw the scale away, I'm going to order one right away. So more in the reduction of the habit, the behavior, getting to the root of the habit and the behavior and a lot of that's through, you know, talking that through in our sessions and whatnot, why you feel the need to get the validation, all of that. Um, but like every, like everybody's different, obviously. And when you talk about muscle building, right, you talked a little bit about like putting on muscle, like, I know that so many people all it's like, you can't build muscle without ensuring that you are um, counting every single calorie and food and in your inner surplus and yada, 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 yada. How do you guide your clients to know that they are eating enough in order to build that muscle, right? So they have this goal of being stronger, but they have this belief of like, well, I can't get stronger unless I'm counting every macro and calorie. And I need to know exactly how much protein and this, that, and the other thing. So 
we love, you know, like it depends. <laughs> I always love it. It really depends because I do work with clients too that have, you know, it's a breath of fresh air when I work with a client that's like, I have no issues with food. I just don't really know what I'm doing and what I'm engaging in. Like I have a client that is like, my relationship with food is great. I just don't know what to put in my body. So I have clients that also just genuinely need an understanding. I personally think that unless you you have had uh, really negative experiences with tracking, it, it took me a very long time. Like I took a very long break, honestly, all of COVID. I didn't engage in any kind of, of behavior that brought me back to my dieting or, or my restriction days. However, now I'm 31. I've been in the intuitive eating space for close to five years now. I've done a lot of healing on my own. Even this past six months, I've actually been tracking my protein just to make sure I'm getting what I need. So in some regards, I do think that in order, you know, for me to be able to express that to clients and and go like, I I won't be able to know because I'm not with someone every single day. So I do think that some form of light tracking for us to just get a sense, I think for especially women we are not getting enough protein and we're absolutely not eating enough. And a lot of the times when I have them track, it's never longer than two weeks. There's so many light bulbs that go off in their head when they can also look at it and go, oh my God, I had a bagel and cream cheese and a bowl of hot Cheetos. And then my husband made dinner and that was the first time I actually had protein. So there's that level of just like, okay, if we don't have a pass with this, with disordered eating in order for us to make sure that we are fueling our workouts properly, there is a level of tracking that I do think is important for us to do. And I do it very loosely. If clients want to take photos, if you want to have a light journal, if you want to take it in your notes, I think that's number one, because we have to see what's going on. We need to have some kind of data in order for me to be able to even see what's missing and what needs to be improved. Does that yeah. make sense? You know, yeah. like I never want it to come from an extreme place, but I think that if I'm meeting somebody for the first time and they want to put muscle on in order to do that, we do need to make sure that you're eating. And I think a lot of people don't really recognize their habits and their behaviors and how they interact with food, that it's very interesting for a client to track and then go, oh my God, you know what? I actually don't eat protein until dinner. Right. So that's something that I, I do like to utilize as a tool. Yeah. But I always do express like the balanced eating. And we do talk about protein, carbs, fats, and how to balance those out. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like that's really the nuance comes into because right. if someone has, you know, a neutral relationship with food in their body and it's coming from a place of curiosity and, right. and wanting to feel their body in a way that's going to help them to feel good both in and outside of workouts. Like, I think that's, I think it's, it always, and Laura and I talk about this all the time. It comes back down to like intentionality and what the intention is behind certain tools and certain, you know, skills that people incorporate. Exactly. And it's, and I've had some clients that are, that really do so well from tracking. And I never lead with that. There's definitely a period, especially when I'm onboarding people that we are talking about your history. I am getting familiar with the things that, you know, they may have struggled with or engaged in the past. So if I, if I have a client that's coming in, that's like, Ooh, like these things are very triggering for me, then we're not going to be doing that. Well, Jenna, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Tell everybody where 
they can find you, how they can work with you, all the things. So you can find me on Instagram. One of these days, I'll probably get on TikTok, but but we'll see. For right now, I'm just on IG. It's the T-H-E philosophy. I spell it P-H-I-L-A-S-O-P-H-Y underscore. You can work with me in a variety of ways. I offer in-person training here in Philly. I also offer virtual training. So I have clients in Vegas, in DC, in California. So if you are anywhere, we can still connect. And I also offer virtual programming. So if you're in your gym and you just need some guidance, I got you. Um, And then lastly, I also run my own food freedom group coaching program called the gray area. I'm currently in the first week of the sixth round, which is mind blowing to me, but I will be having a group in the fall. So if that sounds like something that you're interested in, again, all of the information is on my Instagram or also at my website, thephilosophy.com. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. This is awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.